Welcome to the Equipers Church Budapest podcast. We hope today's message will encourage and inspire you. For more information, check equiperschurch.au. Well, my name's Helen. I've been around a while. I'm um, 72, coming up 73. And God's grace has just been amazing on our lives. We've been married. It'll be coming up 53 um, we've got two children in their 50s now, they're in their 50s, and the others are following close because we had four children in four years. Um, we've got 12 grandchildren, uh, just a little bit about us, and the oldest is turning 26 tomorrow, and the youngest is 11. So um, we get to serve God, and we just feel like it's such a privilege. We wouldn't choose anything else, nothing can satisfy you as much as serving the Lord and giving Him your very best. And as I thought about tonight, I was thinking like God just gave me a prophetic sense that this house is going to be a house of worship, where the sound of authentic worship is going to go out into the streets, into the city, across the nations. People are going to come into this place and through the spirit of worship, that is in this house, they're going to be freed. People who are lost, people who are confused, people who feel they don't belong, as well as people who are occupying places of um, maybe authority in the city are going to come. But there's going to be just a release in people's hearts to be everything that God has called them to be. And God does break down walls. You know, chains do break. We don't often know what's binding us. Sometimes we think we're free, but we can always be uh, freer. And we've just done an encounter weekend and we based it on the story of Israel coming out of Egypt. And I'm sure you've all heard of that story about Moses, an anointed leader, rescuing the children of Israel by the power of God out of the hands of a a dictator, out of cruelty, out of a harsh rule under Pharaoh and how miraculously he opened the Red Sea, the children of Israel walked across and he provided manna. That's the God we serve too. He is doing miracles. And tonight I just want to encourage us and I'm going to talk about What I felt prophetically was worship, about God just opening our heart again in a new way to worship Him fully. And I'm not talking just about singing, I'm talking about just being in the presence of God, being who we're supposed to be, worshippers of God, because God wants to open our spirit to more than we could ever believe. So when you think about becoming free and, you know, being liberated or delivered, Yeah, the purpose is to bless us. The purpose is so we inherit what God has for us. But the greater purpose is so that we can worship Him. In fact, that was Moses' request to Pharaoh. He just said in Exodus 7, 16, And you shall say to him, The Lord God of the Hebrews has sent me to you, saying, Let my people go, that they may serve and worship, is another translation, in the wilderness, but he said to Pharaoh, but indeed you would not hear. And that's why God had to come in with plagues. God came in in power. God picked up Israel and led them out of Egypt supernaturally. And God wants to deliver you and I, not just to give us the things He's reserved for us, which are good, 
but that we might worship Him. We might have a free spirit. And we often don't know that. We have little bits of bondage in us, limited mindsets, restricted emotions, and God just wants to free our heart to worship Him. So we um, we learned about Moses and the different stages, but Joshua was the one who actually took the people and actually led them into the promised land. You know, I don't think it wasn't random. God thought, well, he didn't, you know, go, well, who shall I pick? But he picked Joshua because Joshua was a worshipper. Joshua was one whose heart was totally captivated by God. He had such a desire, and I believe God's going to stir up desire for himself. You know, we can know about God, but God's calling us deeper into that place of worship. Exodus 33, 11, it just says, So the Lord spoke to Moses. There was that friend relationship face to face as a man speaks to his friend, and he would return to the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, we're talking about Joshua, a young man did not depart from the tabernacle. And the word we could use is Joshua lingered. And how good are we at lingering in the presence of God? He's with us wherever we go. But Joshua just didn't want to leave the presence of the Lord. Moses had duties to do. He had work to do. He probably had problems he needed to sort out. And Joshua just bathed in the presence of God. If you want to linger, sometimes you've met with good friends. You just want to hold on to the moment. You don't feel like you want to leave. I pray that we have that feeling with Jesus when we, he's with us all the time, but when we worship and we have those places of meeting with him, we just want to linger. We just want to stay a bit longer. We want to hold on to what he's doing and not move out of it. But when we come out, we come out with the power of God. So let's use our freedom. And many of you came to encounter and you found breakthrough in certain areas. Use your freedom to worship primarily. When we worship, God arranges and puts everything into order and blesses our lives. So I'm going to talk about worship. And I want you to open your heart and say, oh God, I want to go deeper into worship. Worship is our natural rhythm. We are created to worship. We are spiritual beings and we're being created with a void inside Sometimes people are worshipping other things or false images or maybe reputation, maybe money. They're going after that. But nothing can fill that void within except Jesus. And if you know Jesus tonight, you can say, thank you, Jesus, that you've come into my heart. Now I want to return the worship and the glory. I want to see your glory in my life and through my life. So that those who've got no hope, those who are chasing after other things can find the fullness of your Holy Spirit too. When we're in the presence of God, we're changed. We line up with who He is. So if you want to find your rhythm and the right timing and the flow of your life, you need to be, and I need to be, in His presence. Fair enough? Who wants to be in His presence? I just love it. Worship will centre you. When you worship, just stop and worship. It'll centre you. It'll remind you of what is truly important. Am all the things I'm stressing about really that important? Am I making big out of something small? 
And of course, there are natural worries. But when we worship, it centers us. It secures us. Worship calms us. If you felt in a bit of a tears or upset, worship calms us. We realize who holds the power of the universe in his hand. And Kika, I just thought there was something about God wants to place in your hands. Now, I know you're a very busy lady and you've got so much, you're like, I don't want any more in my hand. <laughs> but God said, I'm, he's given you nations, he's given you communities. And out of that hand, I saw like growth. I saw like life coming out of that. And God's not gonna make it a heavy thing where you feel like, oh my gosh, this is too hard. It's life-giving. And God just says, receive what he's placing in your hand, that you've got an authority beyond your years. You've got an authority to shift principalities and powers. You've got an authority to actually um, take authority over the enemy and see his powers defeated. You can see fear over people's lives that's going to be broken. And it's like God's placing, and I see it even bigger, like communities, nations. But God says, don't fear, I'll give you the ability, it'll be my grace, and out of that will come life, and they'll begin to sustain themselves, and God says, here's something else for your hands. But God says, don't fear, because he's with you. You've got a huge capacity. So worship calms us, worship changes us. We receive the amazing power of God's wisdom and his strength to overcome. And God wants us to go a bit deeper with him. That doesn't mean to say we're going to be weird. We're still grounded and we're still natural. But our hearts want to worship him. Time to go beyond the bustle and the hustle of life and just, you know, where it's not meaningful and to purposely worship. There's a song that expresses this and the tabernacle, picture of the tabernacle can go up. And this is Old Testament worship, okay? And it was effective in its day. But only the priest could go into the most holy place and to the holy of holies. But through Christ, all the divisions were broken and you and I can access the presence of God. We can go into the holy of holies. And the song goes like this. I love it. Take me past the outer courts into the holy place. Past the brazen altar, Lord, I want to see your face. Pass me by the crowd of people and the priests who sing your praise. I hunger and thirst for your righteousness, and it's only found in one place. Take me into the holy of holies. Take me in by the blood of the Lamb. Take me into the holy of holies. Take the coal, referring to Isaiah, Touch my lips. Here I am. And I pray that that will be your experience. And as Christians, sometimes we're praying around like the Old Testament. We've been set free. We're in the um, outer court. The outer court is exposed to the opinions of man, to the sunlight, you know, to the crowds of people, maybe the gossip, maybe the negativity. And people are stuck there in the outer court. Maybe they're stuck at the brazen altar, still trying to get themselves right, punishing themselves, condemning themselves, where Jesus said, I've done it. I've done it for you. Go past that. Go past into that deep place of intimacy. And God's calling us tonight. And I sense I'm in a room of faith. 
that people are coming in their spirit to Jesus that I want to open up. I want a fuller expression of worship in my life. Go past the crowds of people. Crowds of people in the outer court. And we love people. But sometimes, you know, there's uh, that crowds of people where people are wanting admiration, approval, applause. It's like, no, God, I don't want to dwell there. I'm not looking for glory. I'm not looking for the admiration of man. I want to go into the Holy of Holies. Guess what? When you go into the Holy of Holies, you come out different. You come out without striving. You come out with power. You come out with authority. So as God's children, we all get to go there. But we choose whether we will or we won't. How can we represent God? So much desire in our hearts here tonight. But unless we worship, we don't get a fuller view of God. We only get what we can see. But when we lift up and worship and just give Him space in our life and time in our life, we get a bigger view of Jesus. So in worship, our heart, let's listen to the music and melody of heaven. What's God saying? And find our rhythm to outwork the life that he's chosen for you and me. You know, hungry was in my heart a long time before this church came. It came by a prophetic word. I wasn't expecting it. Someone just prophesied over me and said, God's giving you keys to cities. And he just identified Budapest as one of them. Well, I'm like, okay, I just simply received that. How? I don't know. I can't do that. But I'll pray about that. I'll turn my face and I'll pray to Jesus. And then doors opened up. We're connected. These wonderful people have invested by sowing into the soil. Look what's happening. What has God sown into your heart? And I believe He's going to resurrect dreams in people tonight. You know, you've heard God speak, but you've lost your rhythm. You've got a bit unco. Do you know what unco is? Oh, no, the uncoordinated. That's a, that's a slang word for uncoordinated. Come on, we've got out of step, but God's saying, I'm calling you back. And in the spirit of worship, you say, God, I'm coming. I'm moving. I'm going into the, uh, uh, um, the inner court with you. Do you know, interpretation and timing is important. And we need to listen to God and follow His lead. Now, we have dance programs on our TV. I don't know whether you do. The one in London is called uh, Strictly Come Dancing. And I like dancing, so I'm going to use the analogy of dancing as a fun thing for you to get what I'm saying, okay? And so the judges would look and they'd judge the dancers. How well did the dancers' steps connect with the music? Did they match the beat? Did they create a flowing movement that um, rightfully interpreted the music? And we know that different dancers have different rhythms. There's difference between a waltz and a foxtrot and hip hop. There's different timings. We, we understand that. But in a movie I watched, an Australian movie, which was like uh, Strictly Ballroom, this young man wanted to break the rules and do the Paso Doble, and he was an Australian young man. So he had perfect steps, like his steps were amazing. But he visited his girlfriend's grandmother, who was Italian, and she like was rubbishing his, his dance, like no. So she got him and she beat on his chest. She beat the rhythm. She was slapping this young man's chest. It's like, get the beat. It's got to come out of here. And sometimes as Christians, we've got the technique. We've got the law. 
but we're so rigid, but there's no heartbeat that comes through us. There's not the beat of Jesus in us. And God wants to wake us up. Maybe it's like, you know, when you put that, um, things on people to get their breath back. Maybe God's saying, come on, breathe. I've got a big plan for all of your lives and I want you to find that right rhythm and timing. We need to feel the heartbeat of God. If dancing isn't your thing, here's another illustration that might catch your, your heart. And it's account of Henry Ford. And you've probably heard of Ford cars and a man called Charles Steinmetz. Charles Steinmetz was a genius. He built the great generators for Henry Ford in his first plant in Michigan. The generators, after quite a long time, they broke down. None of the mechanics and helpers could get them going, so they all sort of had a go at it, couldn't get it going, the business was losing money. Imagine the worry of that, it was going backwards. Then they called Steinmetz. They asked him to help, and the genius putted around for a few hours, tinkering around. Then he flicked the switch and put the great Ford plant back into operation. He then sent Henry Ford a bill for $10,000, which Henry Ford said, that's too much, and he refused to pay it. So Steinmetz itemised the bill. He said, for tinkering around, $10. For knowing where to tinker, $9,990. And do you know the Holy Spirit is our genius? He knows where to tinker in our heart. When we get into a place of worship, we find that God adjusts us because he wants to flick the switch on our life so we can function in faith. We can have joy. We can have energy. We can have life. We can have power because the Holy Spirit flicks the switch in our life. For me, God said to me, he said a lot to me because I probably needed a lot of adjusting. But I was quite shy and I was trying to do my best in ministry as a wife of a pastor. I think I was trying too hard. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit said to me, you don't have to be good at everything. Oh, phew, good. That was a silly thing to think. And he also said, Galatians 6.10, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Helen, there's a power to you you don't even know about. And I discovered it was a prophetic power that when I asked Jesus, what's going on here? What do I need to do? Prophetically, he would speak into my life and it would just work. There was a rhythm, there was a flow. But often we're relying on ourselves and the Holy Spirit just tonight wants to say, hang on, I can help you. I can help you do better. I can help you flow. I can help you get in step. I can help you at the rhythm of your life that you might find it. And we see that the Holy Spirit wants to awaken us to the natural rhythm that He's already given us. God's hands outstretched to you and I tonight saying, come. Maybe saying, come on the dance floor. Come on to the big dance floor of God. Life. It's called life. Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28, verse 30. Uh, Sorry, Matthew chapter 11, 28 to 30. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come on, that static, religious life. Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. 
walk with me and work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Don't we want that? Do we want to force? Do we want to struggle? Do we want to strive? Or do we want that flow, that rhythm, that timing that we can move easily and we can live lightly and freely? Come on, God's our dance partner. Isn't that cool? The Holy Spirit is our genius to keep the generator of our life. Come on, God has more for us than we could ever believe, ask or think. Right now, just stretch your thinking, stretch your mind, stretch to say, God, you're so big. You are so big and I trust you. Allow him to touch your heart tonight and say, I want to worship. I want to give time to being in your presence, to lingering, to hearing downloads, to hearing the heartbeat of God, to hear the rhythm of heaven. That's how we'll change the world. That's how we'll live in victory. That's how we'll rise to greater heights in Jesus. The next point is, so first point was, worship is your natural rhythm. If we go against that, we're uncoordinated, life just doesn't work the same. It's from the top down. The next one is the first beat of the bar is important. When you have a piece of music and you want to get moving, you're listening for the first beat of the bar. Is that right? So when the first beat of the bar comes, you step out. And often we miss the first beat of the bar. Sometimes even Christians sometimes want to miss it morally, ethically, spiritually, and wonder why the dance doesn't flow. If we get the first step right, all the other steps just... And we've seen this so much in our life and what God has done in a sense and used us in different ways and we're humbled by that. We're like, wow, if we get the first step right, God sees to the other steps. And that scriptural, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Somehow we might go, hey God, no, just wait God. (laughs) No God, I don't want to do it that way. I want to do this first. But no, worship says, God, you're first. Your righteousness and then the rest of the steps will follow. Joshua fell into step with God. And he just said in Joshua 24, 15, he was just recounting what others were going to do. But he said, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I believe there's decisions and hearts that have been made tonight to say, God, I want to put you first. I want to see the flow of your Holy Spirit. I want to know what you're doing and you want to do in and through my life. So Joshua understood the leading out. He'd seen Moses lead them out. He'd seen amazing miracles. He'd seen the power of God. He'd witnessed closeness with Jesus. And now he is witnessing God saying, come on, Moses is dead. In Joshua 1, verse 2 and 3, it's your turn, Joshua. Maybe God's saying to some of you, it's your turn. Just missing the cue. I believe God's just fine-tuning because there's joy in serving Jesus. The scripture, there's joy. There's life forevermore. There's a fountain to be touched. And God just wants to touch the spring in you and release it. So many people here are going to be influential in seeing the gospel spread. So we've got to listen for the first beat of the bar and step out. Otherwise, in life, 
We can have all the costuming. I'm talking about performances, dancing, whatever, just to catch your imagination. We can have all the costuming. We could have the sequences, sequence, you know, sequence, sparkly. Sparkly, does that translate? The glitter and the glamour. We're going to have all the accolades and praise of man. But if we're out of step with God, it means nothing. And it lacks the power and anointing of the grace of God. Joshua had to fully follow. He had to tackle Jericho. Jericho stood in the way of him taking the people from here through into the promised land. It says that Jericho was shut up securely because it feared God. They saw what God was doing to protect Israel. They saw the mighty miracles. They didn't want Israel to come in. But sometimes we're like that. We've got walls up. There are walls in our heart that are stopping us and fully inheriting everything God has for us. Do you know worship will break strongholds? Worship will pull down walls. Worship will deal with the opposition when we say, I just want to go where you are. I want to go and inherit and I want to follow the lead, your lead, Jesus, and I'm going to take down anything that's standing in the way. Jericho walls need to come down. Have we got any wall up without knowing it? Is there any resistance in our heart? Say, no, God, I want to call the tune. I want to dictate the first beat of the bar. God said, do it my way and you will be truly, truly blessed. He still loves us, but we miss out on the opportunity to serve him fully. And the last point is creative choreography is inspiring and liberating. When you get to be you, I get to be me, and we dance out the steps God has for us. You know, God can make us all graceful in the dance of life. Have you ever felt clumsy? I know I have. Bruce and I, when we were young ministers, I'm sure we were really clumsy. You know, we didn't do everything right, but we had a heart that wanted to worship, that wanted to minister life into people. But you know, God can make us graceful because His grace is available to you and me. In fact, James 4 verse 5 and 6 says, you know, the Holy Spirit jealously desires us. The Holy Spirit jealously wants to fill us and help us and lead us and guide us. And it says He gives more grace. Therefore, He says, God resists the proud. Like, I want to do it my way. No, only want so much of you, Jesus. I want to live, you know, and have my say. But He says He gives grace to the humble. I want to find the grace to live, to be, to be a mother, to be a wife. I want the grace of God to be a sister in Christ. I want the grace of God to be able to minister to people and to help people from broken places. I want the grace of God. I cannot do it. And neither can you do and operate in the fullness without the grace of God. And Leanne, you know the grace of God on your life, honey. And God's going to take you places beyond what you could even dream. You already know it in your heart. But you're a candidate for the grace of God because you're fully devoted to Him. And God's going to shine His light out of you, love. And just as I prayed for you before, you're going to bring many people to Christ. And even though there's a resistance as, uh, from them, as you're filled with worship, they are 
going to come. They are going to follow in your footsteps as you put your footsteps. And I can see you putting your footsteps in his footsteps. His footsteps and footprints are there and you're putting your foot in them. And God's going to bless you. And it's all about grace, honey. It's all about the grace of God on your life. How about we stop tripping over the imperfections we see and the accusations we might accuse others of? Let's stop tripping over and saying, God, you're organising, you're choreographing the steps, you're making it come together, you're making it work. God's going to make your life work. The man on the edge, one, two, three, with the hat. God's going to make things work for you. There's things that you might have been thinking about, how's that going to sort itself out? That's a bit of a puzzle to me. But God said he's working it out on your behalf. If you get into that place of worship, downloads are going to come. You're going to receive things that you haven't understood in the natural, but you're going to understand them in the spirit and say, it's okay, God, you've got this. And there's a whole release coming to your life right now, a whole weight coming off your shoulders. You're a man of faith. You're going to defy the enemy and you're going to see breakthroughs in the mighty name of Jesus. It's your time to rise and to shine. Choreographies and interpretation to the music. It's a telling of a story. It's an expression of thought and design. Do you know God has choreographed something wonderful for each of us? He doesn't just pick certain people. He picks us all. But it's up to us whether we'll surrender in worship to him. I love it. God does the linking, the connecting. He does the sequencing. And I just want to fall into step with him. And I know for Bruce and I, God overwhelms us with, wow, God. We could have tried to work that out ourselves, but you've just come and you've just brought provision. You've brought resources when we've needed You've healed our bodies. You've freed our mind. We're just able to love with the love of Jesus. And we're like, God, you do the linking. You do the connecting. And I sense movement in this room. I'm in a room of people with faith. They're going like, I'm coming, Jesus. Why would you want to live doing it your way when God has something far better? How about tonight you say, God, I'm listening to your choreography. You know, you might know the talented you. Maybe you're brilliant, the brilliant you, the helpful you, the good you, the pleasant you, the friendly you. What about the prophetic you? That prophetic thing God has put in you from birth. You are called, you are chosen, you are anointed of God to change the world. And the spirit of worship on this house is going to go out through the doors. It's going to go down the streets. You know, prayer can go where we can't go. When we're prayerful, when we're trusting God, prayer goes into places that physically we can't go. It can touch hearts. It can heal bodies. One time I had a dream about somebody that was overseas. I was in New Zealand. They were in London. And I woke up going, oh, my gosh, Victoria's just died. And I was like, whoa. It woke me up with a fright. And I said to Bruce, But I went straight to our intercession group and I started to pray. And we pushed back every death threat off this woman's life. We sent her an email, a friendly email. How's things? How are you? Came back like, yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Four months later on the millennium, she was struck with meningitis, nearly passed away. And she should have been maybe brain damaged, even in survival. Do you know God and his love? 
and formed me four months on the other side of the world. Worship and prayer can go where we can't go. There is power in our prayer, and I believe God's waking up his church to say, get into step. Man, my choreography, God says, is good. My plans for you are good. And we need to get on the dance floor of life and say, man, I'm not holding back anymore. I'm not going to be, we call it a wallflower. Do you know a wallflower that sits on the, on the side and doesn't participate? I'm going to get in and I'm going to move under the anointing and the power of God. So sometimes God just wants to change the picture of our life just quickly. Bruce said to us, go to London after years and building a church. And we're like, whoa, okay. Part of me was a bit brokenhearted, leaving my children at that stage. But we went in obedience because it was God. And God showed me that that, well, both of us, that that church would be a beachhead that would reach into London. We started really small. We did door knocking. We did all the sort of things to find people in London because they didn't read the adverts. And that was before sort of really internet advertising. Gosh, that's how old we are. But God said that we would be like a tree that would, uh, from Genesis, that would be huge and have big branches that would go over the wall. And we can say by the grace of God, we've seen that happen when we look at the churches associated in Switzerland and Germany, in Italy and Asia and South America. And we're like, whoa. We're just two country kids who just said yes. We come from a town with one shop, one petrol station. We just had the courage to go, yeah, we don't know what we're doing, but Lord, if you've set it out, we learnt as we went, we're going to follow what vision is in you. What big thing beats in your heart? What's God beating? He needs to beat it on your chest like that, grandmother, the Italian grandmother, to say, come on, let the beat you know, beat out of you. My heart for the nations, my heart for your family, my heart for you. If we get the right sequence, the right choreography movement will happen. How about slowing down any panic and uncover the flow of grace towards you? Where the will of God is, there is the grace of God. You can be graceful in every season, even hard seasons. God's grace is towards you. Even through seasons where you might have to work extremely hard, there are seasons where we really apply ourselves. But there's grace. We've found there's grace. But if we try and push it in seasons where there's no grace, we will struggle. So God's just waking up our minds, helping us to interpret the season, and it'll come through the spirit of worship. Just to finish, worship centres us. Worship calms us. Worship changes us. It breaks down walls. But worship carries us. Worship carries us into realms beyond what we could ever, ever have dreamed. What's God got planned for you and for me? And tonight we're going to just adjust our hearts. We want that good timing. So when we hit that springboard in gymnastics, we go over the wooden vault. We soar. We don't crash into it and wind ourselves. And we don't want to walk around winded and bruised and hurting. We want to hit the springboard of faith and soar. God's got good plans 
for each and every one. He invites all of us. Isn't that cool? He invites all of us to worship. So maybe if we can stand to our feet, we'll bring this to a conclusion. Now it's up to you. Okay, guys, it's up to you to respond. Nobody's going to twist your arm.